Please pray with me. Lord God, we thank you for the beauty of this day, for the dusting of snow, but in the mountains so very much more. We thank you, Lord, for this place of security and warmth that we have been brought to today. We thank you, Lord God, for the gift of one another. Lord, for the way in which our corporate worship uh, draws us into deeper worship of you. The way in which we sharpen and challenge and bless one another. We pray, Lord God, that you would speak to us today, that you would draw us out into the deep water, and that you would reveal to us your power and your provision and your love. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning. It is so great to see you all today. Thank you for making it through the snow to come here. Anybody come from uphill to get down here? Yeah. Was it snowier? few blocks, okay. We were up by the high school last night for a play, Lena and I were, and it was, there was a lot of snow on the ground up there. And Cecilia Chan sent me a picture yesterday, and she had like five inches on her railing on her deck, so. And that was only partway through the day. That was before it really started snowing hard. So yes, so we've got lots of snow around here, which everyone is happy about, aren't we? Everybody loves snow. Well, Ella and I, uh, last week on Wednesday, we went up to ski at Sugar Bowl, and it was a beautiful day. After several days of snow, you'll remember that there were over six feet of fresh snow that had fallen in the Sierras in the last, in the couple days leading up to that Wednesday. And so Ella and I skied all kinds of terrain all over the mountain, um, but partway through the day, I came up with this harebrained idea to take Ella down a really steep chute between two rock spires. And typically, the entry into the chute is only through a drop-off cornice. Isn't that a good idea, right? I mean, she's 11, right? What better time to learn? So I figured she was good to go. Now, in order to get to this run, you have to go up to the top of the Disney lift, and then you have to hike, and then you traverse along this pretty narrow ridge. I don't want to say it's a knife edge, but it's, it can be pretty sharp up there. And it drops, it's like you're going down the whole way when you're following this ridge, and on the left side, it drops off a series of cornices into a run. On the right side, it's um, rocks. It goes off into rocks and then drops off down the back side of Sugar Bowl. And in, to make matters simpler, up on this ridge, as we're trying to diverse between the cornices and the drop-off on the rocks, uh, it was, we were in the midst of a cloud. And so you couldn't really see anything. And so you couldn't really tell if like that next thing coming up was a mogul that dropped off steeply on the backside, or if it was flat, you couldn't tell. And so you're always kind of trying to find your way through like you were somewhat blind traveling along this ridge. But finally, we arrived at the top of our run, and we looked down over the edge. In the Gospel of Luke, we're taken to the Sea of Galilee, or it's referred to here as the Lake of Gennesaret. There, Jesus is standing on the shore, and he's getting pushed upon by the crowd. They want to hear, according to Luke, the Word of God. They want to hear the Word of God. And... Now, remember, this is Jesus here getting pushed on by these people, so he has several more options than you and I would, or you or I would, if we were getting pushed on by a crowd on the edge of water, right? What are Jesus' options? Levitate. Levitate, that's right. 
I mean, he could walk on the water, right? We know he can do that. He could walk through the midst of the crowd as he did just last week in our passage about getting tossed off the cliff when they wanted to toss him off the cliff in his hometown. But instead, he does a very ordinary thing. And he asks one of the fishermen to let him, if he can get in his boat, and if the fisherman will push him off into the lake, into the shore, take him out into the water, where he has the freedom to be able to speak, but not be crushed by the crowd. And so Peter does this. Well, actually, sorry, Peter. I keep calling him Peter. But in the passage, his name is listed as Simon. Simon. That's right, Simon. That helps us keep everything straight, right? And as Debbie read in the other passage, in the epistle, he's spoken of as Cephas, too. So Cephas, Peter, and Simon are all the same person. Isn't that easy? The Bible is so helpful sometimes. Yeah, the rock, that's right. Uh, And so Jesus, from this boat, speaks to the people. And how much of his sermon did we have recorded here in this gospel passage? None of it. None of it. Isn't it interesting to think sometimes about how little we get recorded about Jesus? I mean, we have all that we need to believe in him and to trust in him, to know him. But how little is there, too? Because there's this entire sermon that he preaches from this boat that we don't have. But at the end of his message, Jesus tells Simon to put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Now, this doesn't sound like such a great idea to Simon for a few reasons. First of all, the reason being is that he's exhausted. And why is Simon so tired? He fished all night, and that is hard work, fishing all night, right? He is tired. And they didn't even have, like, Red Bull or even Pepsi back then, or even coffee. Did they even have coffee? I don't even know what they had. In addition, the fish just aren't biting either. I mean, he's fished all night and caught nothing. But let's hear it in his words. Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so... I will let down the nets. Remember, when Jesus was, was being pushed on by the crowd, Simon and his friends had been out cleaning the nets. So to go and dunk them in the water again, right, and to drag them across the bottom or whatever they did, that would mean they'd have to, when they got done fishing, do what? Clean them again, right? So he's probably thinking, oh, I'm going to go out on this lake. I'm going to dunk these nets in that I just got done cleaning, and I'm going to have no fish again. That sounds frustrating, doesn't it? It sounds pointless. sounds like it just doesn't make any sense. He's ready to go home, be with his family. But he does it, nonetheless. He lets down his nets. And according to the passage, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. The problem now is not the cleanliness of the nets. The problem now is the nets just aren't strong enough to hold all that Jesus causes to be inside of them. And so they have to call over their friends in the other boat to come and to help them. And even so, both the boats begin to sink with the load of fish that is put upon them. Their boats were overwhelmed with the provision of God But that's not the only thing that's overwhelmed in this passage, is it? 
Peter, Simon, he's overwhelmed as well. And he falls at the knees of Jesus and says, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. The amazing power of God is too much for Simon. And he realizes that he is in the presence of someone so much greater than him. And in light of Jesus' presence, he realizes his own brokenness. And he feels exposed. He feels jagged. He feels naked. He feels insufficient. But Jesus doesn't leave it this way. Instead, he tells Simon, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Jesus has seen Simon and knows him, knows his thoughts, knows his fears, knows his actions, and yet loves him and wants him to not be afraid. And then he gives him this commission, From now on, you will be catching people. Now, I know he told them to not be afraid, but this is terrifying. This has got to be equally or more terrifying than the idea of catching a bunch of fish and standing in front of Jesus. I mean, think about it, that God could do the same thing that he did with the fish, that he could do it with people as well. And that Simon would continue to be brought face to face with the power of God and his own insufficiency as a person. It's got to be terrifying. And yet Jesus wants Simon to not be afraid. Nonetheless, Simon and James and John leave their nets, leave their fishing, leave their boats, leave it all behind, and become his disciples. With, we presume, the proceeds from the miraculous haul of fish going to support their families as they left everything and followed Jesus. Now, this is a remarkable account of the power of God being carried out in unlikely ways. But it depends upon one little detail of the story. Jesus tells Simon, put out into deep water and let your nets down for a catch. Going out into the deep water with God and putting down your nets. Deep water, what does that signify? Places of uncertainty, perhaps places of fear, or places of danger, or places where we might not go of our own volition. It also could mean places of opportunity, because you can't see through the deep water. In the shallows, maybe you can see what is there and not be afraid and know what you're getting. In the deep water, your nets disappear down below the surface and you don't know what's down there. Maybe it's places where if we stepped out of the boat, we would immediately be in over our heads. Maybe that's what deep water signifies. 
But they're not always places, are they? Are they always places? Couldn't they be conversations or actions or thoughts? Going out to the deep water can mean almost any time or place or situation. When Jesus takes us out of the place where we feel like we could manage, where he takes us out of the place where we feel that we have control, and he plops us into the hands of God and instructs us to put down our nets. On Wednesday, as Ellen and I skied across that ridge, I felt like we were going out into deep water. But Ella was happy as a clam. She navigated the ridge and dropped into the run like she had been doing it all her life. And for her, this going out into the deep water opened up for her a whole new part of the mountain and showed her what she was capable of. What about for us? Is Jesus calling us into the deep water? Where is that deep water around us? Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's in a diagnosis. Maybe it's in a call to to mission work or to service. Where is that deep water? Maybe you're already there. Maybe you're there in your boat sitting above that deep water. Is Jesus telling you to put out your net and to lower it into that water and to see what he will provide? Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for being a God of the deep, a God who understands what's below the surface, a God who is not afraid, Lord, um, to put yourself into situations which the rest of us are terrified of. Lord God, you went into the deep water as you carried a cross up Golgotha. You went into the deep water as you were born among us as a human. Lord God, and you continue to go into the deep water with us each and every day. We pray, Lord, that you would lead us that you would lead us and show us where the deep water is and that you would instruct us when it is the time to put down our nets. Help us, Lord, to trust in you. Lord, when things seem out of control, when we are afraid, when we are filled with anxiety or fear, Lord, when we face uncertain conversations, We pray that you would give us strength, that you'd help us to not fear, and give us the ability to put down our nets. Lord, that there might be a true and a holy harvest for you. Lord God, it was this action that sparked the ministry of Peter, James, and John. Lord, may this putting out into deep water in our lives, Lord, spark ministry as well and cause us to be your disciples in a new or a fresh way. And we pray that it would, the result would be that many would come to know you and to love you and to find their trust and hope in you. Lord God, we know we are insufficient for this work, 
just as Peter realized as well. And yet, Lord, we ask that you would help us to not be afraid, but to trust in you and in your redeeming love. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.